0: well guys hello welcome back it looks like you're about to say something zach
1: (laughs) to i was gonna do like resident evil like you know the nemesis project
0: yeah we're back guys uh so we the last thing we did was talk about resident evil 3 remake that's a really fucking long time, dude. Uh, mostly my fault because I read really, really slow. Uh, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about the books because we said we were going to talk about the books. Uh, but here we are. Uh, I'm Joe Doves. Yeah,
1: I'm Zach.
0: And uh, yeah. let's get into it. And I'm going to let Zach quarterback this because he's the one that uh, he read all the books and. Probably researched it more than me, but uh, I, I've read the Umbrella Conspiracy, I almost said Umbrella Chronicles, uh, and then the Resident Evil City of the Dead, which is the third book, and this is the first book. Uh, but we're going to be talking about all of it. So where do you want to go with this first, Zach?
1: Well, I uh, sort of thought we'll talk mostly about the books based on the first and second game. Hmm. And uh, we'll start with the Umbrella Conspiracy. That's the one based off the first game.
0: Yeah. So right off the bat, I want to say the books, th- This these books that I'm holding right now should have been the movies. And to kind of go a little off topic a little bit, uh, with all the news about Resident Evil, the, the, the live action movie that's coming out, uh, looks like they're sticking to the books and the games and the actual lore of Raccoon City and Irons and everybody. So I'm kind of excited about that. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk about, you know, these books here. Yeah. But, um. uh,. I I think what I really, really like about the books is that all the stuff, because when you play a game, right, you're invested in the moment um, and you don't know what's happening around you. Uh, The books like to show you, like, what is happening with this character? How is they go through all the senses of your your uh, your body, you know, touch, feel. Smell and taste. Now when you think of rotting bodies, right? Like <laughs> y- you don't see that in a video game that oh like they show that it's disgusting, but you don't know about the smell of it. You don't you don't hear Barry going, oh it fucking stinks or something like that. Or like the the uh, Chris Redfield like almost vomiting because he smells like this dead zombie he just killed. So I I really like it about that.
1: Well, hey, you know, in the remake, they do show that with Jill. Remember yeah. the bathtub zombie? Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, that scene you're talking about, which is like, that is one of my favorite parts of that book, is when Chris encounters the first zombie, mm-hmm. and he smells it, and he he goes into this whole thing where he flashbacks to when he like fell off of his bike and landed in front of like a dead skunk or a raccoon or something. Yeah. And he, he smelled it, and it was just, it was like, damn, that was pretty vivid. <laughs> like, really?
0: Yeah, because you get all the, the thought process of these characters. Because when you're, when you're a player, you're worried about, how am I going to get past this group of zombies? I need to get the rocket launcher. I got to get the first aid spray. You're not thinking about the lore, unless you read every fucking file, right? Um, yeah. And this puts life to the character in my opinion, the books.
1: Yeah, it does. And you get that advantage of, um, jumping around between everybody's different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Like you can get Wesker's perspective. And it's interesting because for a while it's he's played pretty straight. Yeah. There's no indication of like, I'm going to fuck these guys over until like about a third of the way through the book.
0: Yeah. Uh Um, With Wesker, he, his personality that I got through the book is like, hey, man, I'm that cool captain guy. You know, I'll stick up to you, bro, and all that stuff. And then at the end, it's just like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm a fucking, uh, I work for Umbrella, and I'm going to screw you. I- I'm doing these experiments. Do you like my tyrant? He's fucking amazing. Uh, but, like, to touch up on, like, the beginning of the, the book is, like, we go straight into the game of getting to the mansion. I like, we know like a short story, like a little paragraph that scrolls by, like on this day, you know, we go to the Spencer mansion. This like goes into like, uh, you ever like watch those cop shows and stuff. And they're all like sitting around in a meeting. He's like, we got to capture this guy. Yeah. That's what we get in the beginning. We know we get Chris Redfield's pissed because they're sending in Bravo team first and all that, uh, and uh, everybody around him is, like, happy a little bit. And Chris is just fucking pissed. <laughs> and Jill Valentine's late.
1: Yeah, it's like it opens up and it shows, like, there's more uh, there's more personal motivation for mm-hmm. them involved in this. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, with Jill, it's like she just moved to the town there and joined the precinct. And uh, she got to know these girls that live next door to her. They were, like, kids. Mm-hmm. and they were some of the people that got killed in the the cannibal murders um and she felt really bad about that and it was like she wants to like help solve the case so she can kind of like get some closure on that
0: yeah um, and i i do like that all around them they don't know what's going on like they just think like uh, cannibalism, people are eating each other like they're all nuts. Uh, yeah. And I really like that angle um, because when you're putting into the game itself, you're just like, oh, man, I'm fighting zombies. That, that's what I'm doing. In the book, you're kind of like, all right, this organization's weird. Um These people are eating each other. Like if you're going into this cold in the books, by the way, which uh, sorry to like go off topic, uh, I kind of the only research I did was listening to other people talk about the book because you don't see that around. Nobody reads books anymore, (laughs) which is sad. (laughs) It's true. Uh, But like all of the people that read books that I read up on and watched YouTube videos of, they... Never played the games, and that's interesting.
1: That's weird. Yeah,
0: I mean, there was a couple that obviously you know like the the games, and I saw one said I watched the movies first. I'm like, you're
1: stupid. Oh my god! Whoa, yeah. <laughs> talk about some weird dissonance there. But yeah, um... but like,
0: sorry to cut you up, but but going into a it cold, it's amazing how they set up what's going to happen and you know eventually deal with zombies hunters and lickers and all that stuff
1: yeah um i was just gonna say uh i think i was just gonna keep going with like where the the the, where the main characters are coming from in this where they have a little bit more personal motivation Mm -hmm. like with chris uh he knew a guy who uh he was like he'd been friends with him for a while the way they portray Chris in this is that he's lived in Raccoon City basically his entire life. Yeah. And uh, uh, Claire's gone off to college. She's gone. Mm-hmm. And she's out of town now. But um, like he knew this guy who was his best friend who he grew up with and he ended up becoming an Umbrella employee. Mm-hmm. And he calls him like in the middle of the night and tells him like, Chris, I'm in trouble, man. I got to like talk to you, man. Can you meet me at this diner at like four in the morning? he's like what the fuck okay and he goes there and he never sees him he, he never shows up he can't find anything out about where he went he just disappeared mm-hmm. so he's like wound up into thinking there's some kind of weird conspiracy thing with umbrella going on and it causes people to think he's kind of paranoid and a little bit on edge
0: yeah <laughs> compared to like the other
1: guys yeah
0: yeah, because there was a time like Barry and like Joseph and all that. Nerd is like oh, lighten up, Chris, and he's like f- he gives like that fuck you vibe and stuff.
1: A little bit, yeah. yeah. It, he he's not is he's not that standoffish, but he he comes off a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, I uh, I do like Jill Valentine's story because remember when we play the game and you know you get that uh, <laughs> you get that funny line from Barry, Jill Valentine. She's the master of uh. What, lock picking, Unlock, or unlocking. Yeah, unlocking. You you learned why in the book she is that because her father is like a criminal.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of flesh out. Uh, SD Perry kind of fleshes out her backstory more hmm. to explain that. It says like it says like basically like her father was like a professional f- fucking burglar, mm-hmm. a, a thief, and he had like he used lock picks on his bullshit and everything, and he basically trained her. And all that same stuff. And he went to jail and she kind of just went straight and became like a cop. But she still has that skill set. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, at least you came up with like kind of a plausible explanation for like why Jill would have a lock pick and be the master of unlocking <laughs> 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 you know. I mean, I could see personally, like I'm not really sure about this, but I was under the impression sometimes in like uh like SWAT organizations or like special forces shit they would train people to pick locks and stuff like that anyway Mm. Uh, but I didn't really look into that that's just the general impression I got from like other stuff
0: I think they just wanted to make her like badass like her father was a criminal and she's a cop two opposites and all that stuff That's, that's what I got out of it like, I'm never going to be like you, Dad. I'm going to be honest and save the world.
1: Well, the thing with that dynamic was, like, she was pretty much like, yeah, I guess I'm going to become a thief. And then he he got, he went to the slammer. Mm-hmm. He, he got got. And then he basically told her, like, no, don't do this anymore. Like, just go, just go have a normal life. Yeah. He convinced her to give it up. So it wasn't, it wasn't really like that.
0: And, uh. I'm the, sorry.
1: I remember all this shit because I've read these books like several times. Yeah, like, my, I have them kind of memorized. A well, little that's bit. why
0: that's why you're gonna quarterback it because I could I read so much sh- shit with my job that like I start to mend like my job with these books and that's bad. And it, it's like tax and fucking d- zombies. <laughs> tax. You get, ti-
1: you get you get tired of reading and you don't want to read that much. And then mm-hmm. if you read, it's like, shits running together for you. Yeah. But
0: it was refreshing to, like, and it's going to sound like me being lazy, but me going into a familiar story and kind of knowing what's going on, right? Um, yeah. Because, like, like, you get the story of the game, but you get some side pieces with it. It's like it's like you're getting a m- a meal... Uh, And then you're getting the sides pretty much like, you know what you're getting, but you're going to get like some French fries in there, maybe some corn and mashed potatoes and all that. Like, that's what I thought about the extra stuff, like learning about Jill, learning about what's happening in this section. Um, There was things that were missing in it, like when uh, the guy who gets bitten by the snake, like you don't get that scene.
1: Richard, yeah. Yeah. Like it had just already happened.
0: Mm hmm. And I I don't know if that's a like uh, I don't think that's a bad thing like uh, I read up on some people that like oh I I hate that they took this out. I'm like why it, it, it was a simple scene where Jill I still remember that scene because <laughs> it was very very funny because uh, you know you're you're tasked to get the anti venom and then when you come back it, certain ways you could either heal him or he'll die and you're like oh. Jill, no, oh, and all that stuff. Like, <laughs> you don't need that in the in the book. But I noticed that I didn't see some things. But uh, I digress. I, I'm moving around just like how we do in Big Trouble.
1: Hey, it's all right. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I guess we can talk about some of the, the little differences, the, the the extra things they do besides setting up the main characters motivations and stuff
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um i like that it shows more of their kind of normal life a little bit yeah like you get more glimpses into like their past through like just thinking randomly like oh it reminds me of that time this happened like which happens in real life (laughs) you tend to just think back at that stuff things will just randomly make you think about something that happened in your past or for whatever reason
0: Yeah, just like the, the zombie scene before with this the the skunk like having that like bleed into the thing gives characters life and like yeah because if you just have a character is like who just does like voiceovers like this is a gun and all that stuff and it will kill <laughs> I forgot what the line I I never get anything right when I mimic shit it's a
1: weapon it's really powerful
0: yeah especially
1: it, against living things. Unlike yeah, other uh, weapons, like
0: just... like in a in a book I'm just using an example. Like him saying that, he could be like, Yeah, you know, I bought this gun at this store and it was you know, I didn't went to the firing range, it would be amazing. But like I don't either I don't remember or he didn't say it in this book uh, about his gun. So I
1: he doesn't really make much of a comment on his gun. Hmm. Uh it, like it's just he likes it, so he carries it instead of standard issue. Mm. He prefers the power of it. It's like, okay, I get that. I feel that way, too. I, I, I like shooting magnum handguns. They're fun. Um, <laughs> you can say whatever you want about my penis or whatever. <laughs> but um, anyway, like he I like how she explains some of the weird lines in this in the book. Like she puts some of the lines in mm. and there's that part where Barry says something to Jill and one of the times they meet up and she says it's like she noticed that he's acting strange. <laughs> like <laughs> it must be stress. He must be tired because he says something weirdly or something stilted or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, I guess the stress is getting to me. <sighs> You're like, I'm gonna go get some fresh air.
0: <laughs> it makes me wonder. I guess when we talk about the author, I wonder if she played the games before doing this.
1: She did actually. Okay. So, I went to find out some stuff about her because like I knew nothing about her other than uh for all these years other than she writes science fiction stuff and she mostly she mostly writes for like established like franchise books. Like she wrote a lot of Star Trek books, for example. Okay, and then, cool. Like, and some other things, like th- things of that nature and then she was doing these too like when she was really early in her career. This was like Some of the first, I guess, major work, like video game novelization adaptations weren't too common back then when these came out. Yeah, like, geez, like I'm trying to think what was out before this. And the only one I know for certain was probably the Doom novels.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: They they didn't do any Final
0: Fantasy, right?
1: No, 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 not no. yet, and uh, there was a song, the Hedgehog book, I remember that because I had it, but I was a kid- it was for kids, and I was a kid,
0: yeah, they
1: had set- they had a couple of those, but that was kinda it, really. um,
0: what do you think about so, her writing?
1: um it's very readable, it's easy to like understand um, like I said, she's pretty good at portraying just like kind of like people having a casual, believable conversation or something like that. Yeah. Like, the dialogue is very believable, even though she'll put in, like, some of those real stilted lines from the game.
0: Mm-hmm. And she'll,
1: like I said, she'll come up with a good excuse for why somebody said that. <laughs> it really only happens with Barry, though. Like, Chris doesn't say weird shit like he does in the game. Um, or Wesker. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of what I always thought about her writing It was pretty easygoing. And the dialogue was, it felt pretty real. Like this is realistically how people talk to each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, I always give quit huge props for his dialogue because I'm like, that's how people really fucking talk. <laughs> like if you, if you're friends with somebody and you've known them for a while, or you run together and you're just like in the car driving and you're bullshitting about stuff, that's exactly how people talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's cursing. Um, yes. People say shit and <laughs> hell and damn and bastard and bitch. And God damn it. Yeah. Cause nothing I think, even, I, I, I think it, in,
0: in a shit. situation like that, I, I wouldn't be like, Oh God, Julie. Oh God. Jolly. This is. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> but,
1: um, like, let me see, like what I, what I have wrote down about her. Uh, Yeah, uh, let's see. She seemed to treat the books, like writing all these licensed books, more like business transactions. So, yeah, she primarily worked on licensed novels. Mm -hmm. And they usually had tight deadlines. She'd have like six to eight months to write a book, basically. So that that includes these. She had six to eight months to write them. Damn. So, yeah, I'm like, that's pretty tight deadline for like a 300-ish page book. Well,
0: I guess it's kind of easy when you already have the chunk of the plot down, right? Um, yeah, I
1: think that helps. Um, and she did play the games. I wrote. Uh, she she wrote. She played through one and two, and I think three. Code Veronica is one where I start to think that she cheated a little bit, <laughs> but which I'll I'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was the other thing i couldn't believe was apparently all these books were written and submitted as first draft really they were, yes they were all first drafts and they went through that way
0: that that had to be like capcom being like this is great okay let's get it out there
1: <laughs> and she didn't she didn't hesitate about it she didn't beat around the bush she's like yeah all these were first drafts and uh when asked about certain details though or like what she really liked in her books she can't remember but and i guess because she was just she was cranking these books out. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, okay, it's done. So it's like, I guess credit to her because they came out pretty pretty good, I thought, for like, you know, a video game adaptation. Yeah. Like, I'll admit to it. Uh, I actually own a lot of video game adaptation novels. <laughs> like, I don't have the Doom ones yet. I kind of want to track those down ever since I found out about them. Mm-hmm. But like th- these, these were like the start of that for me, really. Um, I have like a couple for Mist. Uh, that's cool yeah they they did a few books it was the guys that wrote the games like the story and stuff though so it's all coming from them
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh and then i have a lot of stuff from blizzard like from the blizzard games i have a bunch of those books so these kind of fall into my purview of like you know book interests uh but they, they hold up pretty good, I thought. Like it, was, it helps if you're a fan. That's why I'm like surprised you told me. It's like a lot of people that talk about these like never played the games mm-hmm. or even saw the movies. Like that's just really odd to me.
0: Yeah, I I think I was just finding a lot of just bookworm people. that are just like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Let's see what this is about.
1: That's that's kind of why why I wanted to go over these a little bit though, because you, you said it earlier. It seemed like nobody that really. Is they have like a channel that kind of revolves around Resident Evil fandom or something? Mm-hmm. They don't really talk about the books or the comics or any of that kind of stuff.
0: And I I, I think it's finally turning around. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, those channels that you just talked about start reading them uh, because of what the the live action movie. Now, keep in mind, I did I don't I didn't. There's no trailer out. There is no, like, actual plot yet of what's going to go down. But, like, the casting that they're doing, the pictures that I'm seeing, like, they're bringing the the truck in, uh, you know, Resnila 2, you know, the guy who eats the fucking uh, hamburger and crashes and shit. Like, that's <laughs> making it into the film. Like, any, any other, like, fucking Hollywood movie, like Paul W.S. Anderson, you'd probably be like, this is stupid. I'm not going to put this in here. But, like, I, I feel like those movies are going to have people be like, oh, man, it's almost like the book. Because you're going to hear people like me and you, hopefully, if they come on YouTube <laughs> and um, talk about this. And they go, oh, man, I really want to know what Jill Valentine's doing or what Chris Redfield is doing. How did they get there? What's happening around them? Yeah, but, uh, maybe,
1: who knows? Maybe they'll use these as kind of a reference.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't what'd know. What did you think of the tyrant fight at the end?
1: That was cool. It's kind of like this also solves like some plot issues that come from these games, mm-hmm. which is like you know when they have like alternate endings. If you notice, like really, they stopped doing the alternate endings. Like, well, like they they had one, they didn't have that in two, really. Um. Other it would just change if you swapped discs depending on what disc you started on, yeah, but um three did have alternate endings, and that was the last game that really did, yep, uh but it it didn't really like change the results much, you know the end result was always like oh, she got away, they nuked the town, and that you know maybe Nikolai survived, maybe he didn't kind of stuff, mm-hmm. Uh, but, it, like, here, Resident Evil 1 was always really messy with its alternate endings, where it was like, what really happened? What's canon? Like, everybody knows now they all got out. Like, Rebecca, Barry, Jill, Chris, all four of them got out. Yeah. But back then, when you were playing the game when it was new, it was like, who, which which playthroughs canon? Because, because, like, you have to pick one, and, like, different shit happens. Like, when you play Chris, Barry's just fucking not in the game. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when you play Jill, like, Rebecca's just not in the game at all. (laughs) So, like, in here, everything's happening at once. It's like she combined both parallel stories and made it to where everybody meets up at the end and they all fight the tyrant. It's kind of cool.
0: Because she probably played the game. And uh, how old was she when she wrote these books?
1: Oh, man, she was, like, in her 20s.
0: Okay, so... She was probably a gamer like I got to play multiple, you know, scenarios or maybe
1: it seemed like it. Yeah. From what I could what I could tell from the interviews is she was kind of a gamer earlier on in her life. And then she just got older and had kids and just kind of dropped it. Yeah. Just like most people.
0: Um, uh, I, I think she probably saw those scenes and go, I can't write like. I can't be like, Hey, if you want to see this scenario, go in the back of the book and see what this scenario is. I think she had to, uh, make a scene where all four of them get out. And that's what made it canon.
1: That'd be uh, kind of interesting. Like a, a choose your own adventure.
0: Resident Evil, Resident,
1: Resident Evil book.
0: Let's, let's email or tweet fucking SD Perry. If she has a fucking Twitter.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Anyway, I guess going back to like how they're setting stuff up, I like all the I like them setting up the motivations and kind of more you get more of a feel of their everyday life a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like all the interactions that they, they have, like going into the police station. It's like you get to see Chris talk to Forrest, and it's like Forrest doesn't utter a fucking word <laughs> in the game. You don't know what he's like at all. Yeah. And then like, but you get a pretty good impression of him in this, and then like you, you find out, oh, they're actually friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, that's cool. You get a little interaction like that. You get more interactions with Wesker. So it, it's kind of, you know, he's got a little bit more of character to him. They all hang out in the Star's office, and they do this briefing thing until they find out, oh, Bravo Team's helicopter went down. They sent out a, a flare or whatever. And Chris was
0: pissed.
1: Um, <laughs> he was pissed. So they, they geared up, and they got the helicopter, and they went. And from that point, it's kind of following the beats of the, the original game story.
0: Yeah. Um. Trying to think what else. Uh, I again with the alternate scenes with uh, Chris kills the snake outright in his uh this book. There is no second snake battle.
1: Yeah, he just kills it in the attic. Chris is the one that battles the snake and finds fucking Richard. Like, I actually can't remember off the top of my head if he was. I think he was already dead when he found him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what happened. Which can happen in the game if mm-hmm. you if you if you screw around too much, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll 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 just see him laying there dead, and then they'll be like, "It's Richard, he's dead." <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck. Um, let's let's see what else. Like, uh, Jill, of course, gets trapped in the room with uh, the the ceiling thing. That thing with Barry happens there, and she gets a shotgun. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Like the this, the portrayal of oh my god, I found a shotgun was like pretty like believable. <laughs> like, it's like I'm trapped in this crazy house and there's like mutants and zombies or whatever and it's like I have a shotgun. Oh my god.
0: It 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 portrays the player in this book how we feel when we get the shotgun. Cuz we always start off with a in Resident Evil 1 we always started off with a beretta. Uh, and then Blessing when Chris, yeah, yeah. Then you get <laughs> a knife. Um, when you get that shotgun, you feel powerful. Um, and you don't, in this, in this book, when she gets, it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it hits the spot just like the player does.
1: The weight is comforting. I mm-hmm. remember that. <laughs> um, Let's see. I think Chris meets Rebecca the same way. Like, you can. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there was a little bit of a. Yeah, you could meet her two different ways originally. It was like, you either meet her in the hallway with uh, Richard, or you find her in the storeroom. And it's, whoa. He gets spray. He doesn't say, whoa, like in the game, though. <laughs> he just walks in and is like, fuck, <laughs> like getting maced. Mm-hmm. And, and then she's like, oh, God, I'm sorry. It's not it's a lot more natural. It comes off a lot more naturally. Um, you get more of Rebecca in the book too. Like there's more, uh, instances where it's just kind of her, like knocking around, doing stuff on her own. Or she's like, she's reading the files in that trunk because she has, she lost her gun. mm -hmm. So Chris is like, okay, I don't want you wandering around and you don't have a way to defend yourself right now. So just like, how about you stay here? And, uh, I'll keep going and I'll come back later to check on you because he feels kind of protective of her because she reminds him of his sister.
0: Yeah. And if you remember, she's 18, right? Yep.
1: Yep. He's like, they, they kept that in. It was like, uh, I went to university and graduated early. It's like, Holy shit. Look at the big brain over here.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause she's the, the medic of the team and she does all the mixtures and stuff. Um, the Plant 42 battle uh was kind of a letdown in my opinion.
1: Yeah, to be honest, I don't even really remember it that well.
0: Yeah, cuz you're just like, "Wait, was that Plant Planet? Was that Plant 42?" And it's like, "Holy shit, that was so quick." <laughs> it's like like it could have been a good scene to describe like this plant monster just like trying to kill you like it was I just think- like
1: is it Re- Rebecca just kills it with that thing, right? The the mixture, the V-jolt.
0: Yeah, the V-jolt.
1: That's what happens. Yeah, because man, it's it would have been such a cool. My favorite encounter is like when um, you go in there with Jill and you're just not prepared. The Barry comes and helps you. Yeah, <laughs> and he just has that reaction like in the first game. What in the hell? I don't even. What in the hell was that thing? <laughs> After he just kills it with a flamethrower.
0: Man, I should have been Barry Burton for uh, Halloween. Come to <laughs> think of it.
1: <laughs> uh, um, I'm trying to remember some of the other stuff. There's more scenes with Wesker as he's like hiding out in the mansion. And there's more of a, like, you don't know how he's able to evade everybody for so long, but she kind of sets that up where he has all the keys to all the rooms in the, in the entire, almost the entire grounds. Mm hmm. Uh, the, the basement, the weird guardhouse, the... he's missing something for the labs. It takes him a while to find it. Uh, I think it's the metals is what yeah. he's looking for. He doesn't—he just doesn't have that. Um, but he's, like, hiding out in, like, all the other rooms when you don't have the keys for him yet, basically. <laughs> it's like he can go in all the helmet key rooms and he just hides in that weird. You know that one room that's, like, by the um, the art gallery? Yes, that you can't you can't go in at first. It's like a weird little office. Apparently, he spends a lot of time in that office. <laughs> he's just like hanging out there and listening and waiting and plotting and shit, thinking about all the money he's going to spend. <laughs> he fucking gets out of there. It's like, yeah, there it is. That's Wesker.
0: Yeah, I, I think she wrote Wesker pretty well. Like I said, in the beginning, like he's this innocent. I'm your buddy leader type of guy when he's dealing with uh, the chief. He's like, yeah, chief. The chief is quite an asshole. I got you guys and all that stuff. And then, yeah. like, it, it, and then when like you get towards the end of the book, it's, it's almost like a wrestling heel turn. <laughs> We're just like, oh my god, it was it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Like I had that moment. At, in yeah,
1: the mo- the moment where that happens is like when everybody s- splits up after getting in the main hall, mm-hmm. and um. It's like he sends Chris in first to go investigate, the, you know, the gunshot. Yeah. Goes off. He doesn't come back for a while because of what happens. And then he's like, all right, uh, Jill and Barry, you go. And then they go. And then he just walks up the stairs and hides in that little, like, offshoot there mm. on the top floor of the hall. And they come back, and they just don't ever look up there, and they walk out. He's just like, I lost them. it's like that was all he had to do was like walk up the stairs and hide
0: (laughs) that's great um trying to think what else to talk about I mean we spent hours talking about this book
1: yeah I mean there's not really a whole there's no point really breaking the entire book down Mm -hmm. because it's like uh, it's the plot of the game it's just expanded on yeah it's just more characterization and stuff is, is that's the main draw is if like you like the resident evil characters in the setting mm-hmm. and you, you wish there was more then you, you get these books basically. That's, that's, that's the selling point. Um, there's, you can talk more about all the little differences that happens in the plot, how they explain like what goes, where, who, who does what, yeah mm-hmm. um, but it's I don't know we I feel like you get the point like already
0: yeah uh so I I mean we have I, we're gonna say off the bat we recommend these books I mean I only read twice uh, twice of the books two of the books which I am gonna be reading all of them because uh I don't know I just I, I've been in the mood for reading lately so I, I actually start uh kind of started uh Calibok yeah yeah
1: the second one i'll kind of give my opinion on the books later mm-hmm. like we'll, we'll go ahead and start talking about the second one i mean the, the one based on the second game i should say
0: this um, book is beefy um it's, it's
1: it's bigger it's a little thick
0: mm-hmm. i out of, out of both books i enjoy this one better not because resident evil 2 is a better game um i like because they expand on... Their, in the first book, they expand... Are we, go, are we going into the second book? Is that where we're doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: we're just going to go into it. And then okay. we'll, we'll, I'll turn around and talk about the other books you don't have without spoiling stuff, I guess.
0: Okay. Um, what, what, like in the first book, where you learn about what Wesker's doing or what other characters are doing, they do it... Ten, uh, she does it ten times better in this book. Uh, because you find a, a story about Annette Birkin... Uh, Which is pretty surprising, because in the game, you see her, like, certain areas, but you don't know what happens in between that. I mean, Resident Evil 2 Remake kind of sheds light on it a little bit, Um, but in the book, there's, like, a fucking chapter for her. Um, You learn about Ada, uh, (laughs) and Ada, that like, why she literally comes back and helps Leon, because the whole time she's like... I'm going to get rid of Leon. He, he's just, I'm going to use him and he's going to be gone. And, and like, he saves her like multiple times, especially with the alligator and everything. Uh, and then she, she's like having a monologue in her head. Like I need to ditch this guy, but he's saving me and I'm starting to like him. And <laughs> I, <laughs> and, and, and I, and I, and I like that. And uh, the only thing I'm disappointed about is I feel like Claire got misused in this book. You really I think, think so? Yeah, I think Leon had most of the action and Claire was just kind of like a side character in this.
1: See, I don't know. Like I I was actually I like both of them equally, but I kind of like I I like Claire's characterization a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Just cuz it felt like that to me is like you kind of get a feel for like who Leon is in the game and everything. He's like I'm a rookie cop guy and I'm like I'm all about doing my duty, and I, I want to help people.
0: I'm like, late. Claire, what? He's like, I'm late. I need to go to the gas station. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked all that stuff, too, of him getting before that. We'll get to that in a sec. But, like, yeah. uh, like with Claire, it's like she's Chris's sister, and she's, you know, she's a good person, I guess. And she might be in a little bit over her head, but that's kind of all you – sort of get out of the original game other than the fact that she's like I have to watch out for Sherry Mm -hmm. that's in here I feel like Perry does a better job of kind of fleshing her out and I think there's more to her in the remake as well yeah so I don't know I thought she came off a little bit like a side character in the game (laughs) oh
0: that's kind of interesting because I like like her in the game more
1: yeah, like, I mean, I like her, too. I, I've i always kind of been more partial to, to her anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just the look and everything. But, uh, yeah, like, I kind of found her banter and stuff to be interesting. Like, her inner monologuing, it felt, again, like, pretty real. Mm-hmm. She, that kind of tomboyish attitude she has comes off a lot better in the book.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll agree with you with that, because, like, In the game, you're just like, oh, she's wearing these, like, motorcycle punk rocker kind of stuff. And, like, in this, she's like, you understand why she's wearing that. Like, it it comes off really, really well. Um, But I kind of want to touch on Claire a little bit because the monologue of, like, because in the game, you learn about she's trying to find her brother, right? Uh, In this one, you get the monologue, be like, oh, I need to go to the diner because that's where Chris would go. He, He would go to the diner. Uh, and it's funny that you brought up uh in the first book where he's like, Oh, uh you know, Chris's friend from umbrella, they're going to go to the diner because <laughs> that's where they're going to discuss. And it it brings up in this book that the diner, that's his favorite place to go to eat.
1: Yep. She talks about how they used to always eat there really late at night because mm-hmm. they're both night owls and stuff when she, she'd come to visit. And, uh, just, it's like, although all the, the staff knows him, I can go there and talk to one of the staff, one of the waitresses, and ask, like, hey, have you seen Chris? And she'll be like, oh, he's, I saw him a couple days ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like what she's expecting. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't happen. So yeah. she gets in a big rush to leave her dorm and puts on just whatever she can put on and just drives out there because she can't get a hold of him. hmm and then Leon is just driving there because he's going to his new assignment. He got assigned to fucking Raccoon City. And he's driving. And he's a Jeep. <laughs> he's getting gas and he's late. And he's like, Jesus, I'm late. I'm just fucking up already. Kind of thing. <laughs> uh and I love all the sh- all the shit going on, like when they just both get into town. Like that's built up like really good.
0: Mm-hmm. She she does that really uh well of uh Again, interacting with the characters because in the game, obviously, there's a big translation gap between, like, Japanese people and uh, and American English and all that stuff, and you're just like, Leon, no, and this one is just, like, an actual conversation because you're getting it from a person that knows how to speak English. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and that's what I liked about it
1: i just liked when they were both coming into town like just then Mm -hmm. and it was like where is everybody like what this is weird what the fuck (laughs) why are all the lights off is like is there a part is there like a public function somewhere further downtown like what the hell they both have similar thought like leon sees some people walking around like Mm -hmm. far off in the distance or some shit like a block over and he's like Ah, oh, there must be like a party. They they they're stumbling around, It's drinking. Okay, <laughs> and he gets further in, and it's like more shit. There's more shit where the lights are out, or something just doesn't feel right, and it just builds. Mm-hmm. And then he get he gets got by zombies, and he gets he gets the fuck out of Dodge. Yep. And the same, a similar thing happens for Claire. She's like walking around, like, where the fucks everybody. She goes to the diner. It's like hello. Where is everybody?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that kind of makes me think uh because in this book and also in the game as well like the Spencer mansion happened, right? And then like w- there was some news stuff about cannibals. Like wouldn't they have an idea that it might be something going on at this point?
1: Um I think Claire knew about the cannibal thing. Just mm-hmm. from Chris, but I don't think Leon really knew about it is what how I remember it yeah like he was just coming in and he just didn't really know that much he might have read all my a paper there was a cannibal murder well that's crazy and that might I, that might have been the extent of it mm-hmm. um where Claire I think probably knew more stuff about it just because Chris yeah um yeah but then the stuff happens in the beginning game that happens where they meet up and get to the station or they're trying to get to the station and they get separated by the zombie truck driver <laughs> <laughs> It's a zombie truck driver come on, you gotta say it
0: yeah i i, I love that I love how they split up people because if, if you remember in the game like they're sitting in this car and then like the, the truck comes and just splits them in half, yeah. Uh, and, uh that's how you split them up in the game and in the book as well um William Birkin so it was nice to see William Birkin transform in the game but how SD Perry describes with all the the flesh and the bone and everything transforming I like I was like oh this is this is gross like, it was gross to see the eyeball, obviously, on, like, a PS1 or something, but, like, hearing it being described was really disgusting.
1: Yeah, it felt, like, really painful. Like, it, it, it sounded like it would feel really painful and gross, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, all the bones are crunching, and the the sinew is stretching, and the, the shit is expanding. <laughs> it's just like, ah! Oh, it's, like, body horror, basically. Of course when you play the remake and you get to see all that stuff like in the the glorious high definition and it's it's gross there too. It's really slimy looking and it's nasty.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know your uh, your opinion about Annette Burger's little chapter.
1: Um man, uh, you might have jogged my memory a little bit on that uh, cuz I'm I, I'm actually drawing a little bit of a blank there.
0: Well, it, they discuss about like how her and William like did this virus thing and like how umbrella was like pretty much stealing the shit.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like you get like more of that dialogue that, you know, Annette is is, like kind of just like how the remake where she was so much into her work compared to her own fucking daughter.
1: (laughs) was kind of sad. Yeah. I, I, now that you bring it up, they, they do kind of a similar thing in the book and, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it gives all the backstory of, like, they're, they're stealing our work, uh, our precious G-Virus research we gave all our lives to do, and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the, no, not, not exactly, but the, the book version of Annette is a little more closer to how she is in the remake.
0: Yeah.
1: It feels like in the remake they try to make her a little bit more of a sympathetic character. In the uh, remake or the book? In the remake. Like, I'm saying the book kind of starts to approach that. Yeah. Uh, Because in the game, she's just, in the original game, she's just, like, crazy.
0: Yeah. She just (laughs) comes off crazy. She just shoots random people. (laughs) Well, not really. I mean, Ada is trying to steal their their work. But But she's, like,
1: really aggressive and shit with Claire when she interacts with her, too.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and bringing up Sherry, I guess, uh, Claire and Sherry kind of have like a weak pairing in this book, uh, not compared because I think Leon and Ada did pretty well in this book because I don't know, maybe because it's a match. But like Claire and Sherry was like, oh, you know, the struggles of not being treated as a kid and all that. Like, I, I guess it just didn't. It felt clunky.
1: Uh, well, I'll say this, the. The dynamic with Leon and Ada is more interesting on the surface mm-hmm. than Claire and Sherry because it's like that's something that is uh, maybe a little bit more universal. Like you can re- you can kind of like get into, which is like, oh, this dude, and this this cop guy and this this spy lady are getting entangled in this. They have this weird chemistry thing going on. You can kind of get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm uh it's it's two adults that ha- have different backgrounds and they're working together yeah <laughs> and then with Claire and Sherry it's this thing where it's like you have this this girl who is just now really a young adult and it's like she has to look after this younger tweener girl who, who's been abandoned by her parents <laughs> And it's like she seems like she has some ingenuity to her, and like she's able to kind of like survive despite the craziness of everything.
0: Man, Chief but Irons like, was pretty crazy in his book as well. Yeah, he's
1: he's like he comes off more of a creeper in this than in the game because he's like he's the part that always got me with that is like when he's like looking at Claire, he's like up and down on her with his eyes and shit, and like mm. you see, you see all his perverted thoughts about her, and it's like fuck, <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, because then it's like coming to my elevator and to my deep dungeon and stuff. And it's like, okay, <laughs> like this is weird, but I guess we're going to have to go down there anyway. Um, I don't
1: know. He, he comes off like more of a creeper. Of course, they fucking, in the remake, they turn that up to 11.
0: Yep. <laughs> I and mean, Mr. X uh, makes a trip in this, in this book. I mean it's pretty self-explanatory. Just a big dude just following you throughout this whole uh this whole uh, police station. Did you think they have written it pretty well?
1: Um yeah, I thought she did a good job on this. Like I actually prefer the first book more. Um hmm. not by a whole lot, but I do. Uh and I don't know. I think part of part of that a little bit is because I got I got more of what I wanted like from the first game Mm -hmm. at the time out of that book, because then when they did remake it's to me, even after all this other stuff, like we said, doing the other Nemesis project videos, that's still my favorite game is the remake. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, two in the original game, they kind of had more characterization. They had more dialogue. Um, you got kind of a better feel for the characters in general. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just echoing that and expanding on it. And so like, it's, it's good. It's still really good, but it's not as big a task, I guess, is what I'm trying to say compared Mm -hmm. to like write the book for the first game.
0: Yeah. I, I, I could see what you're saying because like the first book, you know, dealing with Bravo team and alpha team um you have a lot of dynamic uh yeah, like there's and, a
1: lot to play with there there's just a lot left unsaid and that makes you wonder it's like wow how do these guys hang out or like you know what do they how do they talk to each other outside of this weird situation and
0: yeah and, and it feels like in the second book you're just kind of having two people that don't know what the hell is going on uh learn as they go I mean in, which is in, what
1: happens in the game basically
0: yeah and the I mean it's Still, the people in the first one are learning as they go, but like you're having a conversation with other people, like when you meet Barry and all that stuff. Uh, and this one, it, it's literally from beginning to end what the happened in Resident Evil 2, just with a little mm-hmm. side stories. Uh, maybe that's why, maybe that's why I like it a little better. Because like when I'm reading the book, I'm like, oh, I remember that scene. Like, like, it's like I don't need to really like. You know when you read a book and you're just like, I know what's gonna happen next, but I'm just gonna like skim through it.
1: Uh, sometimes I jump ahead a little bit. Mm-hmm. Once in a while, I yeah. do it. But I like I don't I don't skip. I just like okay okay I just go back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but. Um, if I lose interest in a book completely, I just stop reading it.
0: Okay.
1: Or, like, if I, I give up, I just, I give up, I'll flip to the end. What happens? Okay, fuck this, and I just throw it away. Because <laughs> uh, books are cheap. I mean, unless you buy a hardback, it's hard to feel really like you got cheated out of buying a book.
0: I don't know what's missing in uh in 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 this book, compared to the first book, I, I don't remember that
1: much. Um, that's the thing is, I don't really think there's much missing, or like uh, it seemed to kind of follow what they were doing in the games, except they're just kind of splitting the duties up between the characters. Yeah. It's like at the same sort of like how it was in the game, at the same time that Leon's going through the station here, Claire's going through the opposite side, and they're doing a loop de loo thing where they're just avoiding each other the entire time until they meet in the stars office and they find radios and they're able to talk a little bit.
0: Yeah, you, you oh. see what what really annoys me is like yeah, in in the game I understand why like they should split up because you could you could have like two different characters and two different stories, in the book. I feel like they should have like stuck together. <laughs> like when they finally meet up, they should have just stuck together.
1: I get. I guess. Yeah. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that wouldn't make it interesting. I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's like it's like, hey, I, I'm looking for this. Woman, I gotta find her, and then she's like, "I'm looking for this little girl." It's like, okay, let's go find them,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and we'll meet back up. That was like, okay, why don't we both look for them together? Well, that might give you less of a chance of finding the other one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're
0: going from a police station all the way to a laboratory,
1: so (laughs) they don't know that. Yeah, (laughs) like to them, they're just like, we're gonna just go search the station until we find them. So it's like, all right, you look for the girl, I'll look for the woman. (laughs) <laughs> it won't meet up and won't get pizza. I don't know.
0: Yeah, but I, I I enjoyed it. Uh I had a good read with this. I like I said, I, I think because I like two more than one, uh I was just more into it. Mm-hmm. Uh but I, I do like the dialogue in one. I think that the the dialogue in one was much better in that one than it was in, in the second one.
1: It felt more um Revelatory, (laughs) it's like like you're really all like you're getting more of a feel for like who these people are. Kind Mm -hmm. of. Whereas in two, like I said, too, they have more defined personalities. Even though I just said Claire felt kind of like a side character a little bit. Yeah. But eh. Uh,
0: I don't have anything else to talk about unless you want to start getting into Galvin Cove.
1: Did you start reading that one?
0: I started reading a couple of pages, so I'm not really...
1: So you're, you're not real far in. Yeah. So, okay, that one takes place, like, I think just a few weeks after when the first game takes place, um, and it's kind of going over, like, what they're getting ready to do, uh, like, they're... Everything's fucked up, They they're off the police force. And something happens to where, like, they feel like, oh, we can't even trust the S.T.A.R.S. organization anymore. (laughs) And uh, Rebecca goes off with another uh, S.T.A.R.S. agent from, like, another state Mm -hmm. to go check out this, like, this uh, facility or something. Like, something's going on and they need to find, like, some proof. It's kind of hard to get into without spoiling it basically the whole point of the book is Rebecca goes off on her own adventure with like these other characters just just from, say, like I,
0: I don't care I'll, I'll read it mm-hmm.
1: yeah from, from another stars branch and I mean like I kind of, I'm kind of doing it anyway naturally I'm just kind of keeping it that way somehow <laughs> but okay um like it's you get more of more of her and it's just the rest of these characters are all original characters they have nothing to do with any games. They're only in this book, or, or th- these next couple of books. I'm talking about. Um, they go to Maine to investigate a uh, uh, some island where there's a lighthouse. Actually, ooh, yeah. And they come across some uh, suspect umbrella activity, and <laughs> shit hits the fan. <laughs> um, it's interesting though, like the. The original characters come off pretty pretty well. Um, there's a pretty messed up scene where it, it's like one of them gets infected in the book. Okay. Like slowly over time. It's like she doesn't even realize it. It's like she they go somewhere and then over the next, I don't know, 50, 75, 100 pages, she's progressively feeling worse. Mm-hmm. So it's like the first time you get like kind of the insight into like, oh, what is a live infection like? Like, how's that work? It's 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 going on in this book. Yeah. And it's it's kind of cool and it's messed up at the same time. <laughs> uh and there's not really zombies in it. It's there's something else. It's it's not even like hunters or anything really. It's like some other kind of entity or monster that gets made up.
0: Would and there's you, a crazy,
1: there's a crazy mad doctor scientist man.
0: Would you want to see this as a video game?
1: Um, I always thought that like when I read it back in the day, I was like, hey, you know, kind of cool. There's a game made of this, I'd play it. I mean, <laughs> put a Resident Evil game in front of me and I'll probably play it. Like, <laughs> I'll find out if it sucks or not and I'll tell you, believe it.
0: <laughs> so, I have a yeah, thing, yeah. I have a thing that I would probably say to you that. Without using third-person survival horror, I mean, you could use survival horror as a a genre, but what type of video game? Like, would you have a first-person shooter just like how Resident Evil 7 is? Uh, Would you do uh, some type of strategy game? Something, I'm trying to think, not an RTS, that would be fucking weird. (laughs) Real-time strategy, fucking Rebecca Chambers and team uh I'm I, I don't know. I, I think a first person experience would be good for that.
1: I can't pick the traditional third person. Yeah. Oh. Um I guess it'd have to be that. It's the only other thing that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was like, because if you ask me, because of when it comes out, what it's doing and all that kind of stuff it makes me want to go to like yeah it has to be the third person it has to be all that stuff okay it doesn't even have to necessarily be the fixed cameras it could be like the new style
0: yeah the over the shoulder kind of thing
1: yeah like i would be fine with that cool um yeah i just i don't want to get too much into the plot for other people too if they're watching or listening
0: is the is the quote-unquote boss battle good in this book
1: um i man you know i don't really remember <laughs> now like because uh, like here's the thing i read the other books a lot more than that one mm-hmm. uh for whatever reason especially the ones adapted from the games but like i did read that one again recently and i i read all these like last year okay and uh i like it it's pretty strong it's one of the stronger entries in that series of books so the 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 series is still holding up as we're going um and then it goes into uh let's see. Uh hang on just a second.
0: All right. Guys, hello. We're talking about the Resident Evil books. I see Surge. if anybody's wondering on the podcast version, we're streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Joe Dubs thirty-five. I'm Joe Dubs. Uh we have yo surge in the chat on your year your What's going on, buddy? Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, I'm i actually excited to get dive right back into these books because the books are amazing. And uh, I'm just all around excited for Resident Evil. I mean, we have PlayStation 5 coming out next week, and hopefully we'll get more stuff about Resident Evil 8. And we got Zach back. What's up? I'm
1: back. Sorry, sorry about that. Had to let the cat in. <laughs> um. Anyway, where was I? Uh, I didn't was, want
0: to. You didn't want to go think, d- too deep into the plot because you're about to discuss yeah. another book.
1: Yeah, this is so you go from the first game, Calvin Cove, Resident Evil Two, and then it goes into Underworld, which is another all original novel. Mm-hmm. There was only two of them. This is the second one. Yeah. Um, and it's a mixture of the characters from that Calvin Cove book and Leon and Claire and Rebecca working together with them. Mm-hmm. They all basically kind of hook up after the events of Resident Evil 2. And cool. again, they're looking for, uh, oh man, that's something we just totally overlooked. What? <laughs> this, is a, this is a good segue actually. What did you think of that character Trent that was like helping select people out in the plot you know for for both of these books do you remember that guy vaguely so i can't i can't believe i I just i just totally let that go without saying anything but at least i remembered this this time right here Mm -hmm. so remember in the first book where like i think jill they're getting equipment and jill's like i shit i forgot something and she goes back to grab something from her locker or something Mm mm-hmm and then there's a guy just in the locker room there, and she's like, "Oh yeah, who are you?" And then he's like, "I'm a I'm a friend. My name is Trent." <laughs> and then she basically like, he basically warns her of like what's about to happen in like a really vague way.
0: Yeah,
1: he's like, "You're about to get this some real shit." She, he doesn't say it like that, but like you know, <laughs> you're you're going into like kind of a messed up situation. I want to help you. Take this. And he gives her like a miniature like handheld like computer, like a palm pilot, I guess, or something. Yeah. And it has like maps and like some of the answers for like the puzzles in the mansion. So in a way it kind of explains like how somebody has like that weird map system in, in the game. <laughs> is is how I took that.
0: So what what should we represent Trent to be? You think Trent is the player? Like, maybe she made that character as the player and be like, hey... It was, like, very meta. Be like, hey, you're about to go in some shit. Here's some, like, puzzle answers here. I'm your strategy guide person.
1: I, I don't think so entirely. I think it was just, like, a device to make it to where the characters don't bumble around so much. hmm You know, like, because... If they went in that place with no map at all, I understand they find they just find maps laying around the mansion, but that's kind of weird, right? mm
0: mm-hmm.
1: like if this is supposed to we're supposed to take that this is like this is really happening,
0: yeah,
1: in the context of the book so this is this is a realistic situation, so realistically, who leaves maps around of their own fucking house <laughs> maybe. Like Richard. They, they, <laughs> you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna find that though so it's like it's not a video game it's not a weird japanese video game in here this is really happening yeah so this guy is like more or less you kind of sort of figure out in this first book he is in umbrella and he's like a high ranking official in umbrella mm-hmm. <laughs> over the course of each of these books you learn a little bit more details about this guy and, like, he's the ones that kind of... He, he kind of gives the people in the Calvin Code book kind of, like, their mission. Like, hey, if you want to find some dirt on Umbrella, go to this lighthouse in Maine. And that's how they figure that out. Yep. And then in the book for two, he... I think he helps Ada. I think he's the one that hires her.
0: Yeah, 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 you're right. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, he's the one that hires her, and, and she kind of has a leg up on everybody else, all the stuff she knows. Uh, I don't think he ever crosses paths with anybody else, though. Um, I wonder if he's
0: in the video game, or was that a just original character? You think? No,
1: that's just that's just a character that she made up.
0: Okay, that's and cool. And then
1: like, and yeah, here in the in the fourth book, Underworld, like he's like, hey, if you want to fuck Umbrella up some more, here's a facility in Utah. Or something, I think it was Utah. And uh like go here and there you can get this information, this proof, this stuff to help you. And it helps me because I hate umbrella. And it's like okay, okay guy.
0: I wonder what his <laughs> end is gonna be because is he just being a whistleblower or is he just being a guy that wants to defeat his competition so he gets all of Umbrella?
1: You kind of learn like later. Uh, as you read more of these books, you you learn like what his deal is with Umbrella, mm-hmm. um. But it becomes very apparent he is a he's a really high ranking official in Umbrella.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, anyway, in this fourth book, like all the all the protagonists except for the old ones, group up and go to this facility, and it's it's crazy. It's like this big, huge experimental facility where they set up like testing grounds for like the various monsters they make
0: mm-hmm.
1: like hunters it's all like weird simulated environments like there's a desert area and then there's a rainforest <laughs> for like flying enemies yeah flying enemies and resident evil are like some of the most annoying fucking shits ever
0: yeah resident <laughs> five fuck off <laughs> fuck At those things wuhan bats
1: those the Wuhan bat man the fucking the, the thing that's the most annoying was those weird bugs that would like grab you and insta kill you. I hated those things. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like it's getting off plot here. Uh, there's hunters. There's weird scorpions, like in zero. But except there's more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, there were these like there was this weird dinosaur like thing called fossil. It was like if you mixed a tyrant with a dinosaur. And apparently its whole thing was it would just eat. All it would do is eat. It would never stop being hungry and it eats everything. (laughs) So like if you're in its path, it's going to eat you. That's crazy. So it's not going to rip you apart. He's just going to fucking rip you apart and eat you. (laughs) It's like, Okay. That's kind of scary. I guess I didn't, you know, I don't know how to feel about being eaten by one of those things. Um, that's kind of all I'll say about that. Is it's interaction between the uh, some of the established characters with the original ones, and it's kind of cool because it's like Rebecca and Leon and Claire cross paths, and that never happened ever.
0: Yeah, and I guess this is where you kind of learn what happens until Code Veronica with Claire. Does this feed some, off?
1: Um, somewhat, not really, honestly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Because, like, when she wrote that book, like, Code Veronica, I think, just now was coming out. So she's probably working on it a little bit before that. uh, uh, Because that was something else she kind of cleared up was, like, did Capcom ever work with you on these books? She's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) They they never. It was just some kind of deal they made with, like, a publishing house. Hey, can you make books for us to release to the public? And they're like, yes, we can do that. And they're like, do that. (laughs) knife <laughs> um the next one was for resident evil 3 nemesis it's just doing the plot of nemesis mm-hmm. but you learn more about carlos you learn more about the U- ubcs guys trent helps carlos this time okay um and he kind of helps him out a little bit tells him like you're you're <laughs> he pretty much says you guys are going to get fucked you're going to do a suicide mission, essentially. He's like, if you want to live, you need to go to the diner in Raccoon City and pick up the payphone and call this number. And he's like, What? And he's like, You crazy, man. You loco essay. And he's fucking just walks off. He's <laughs> fucking fuck you, man. <laughs> but then he gets in there and the shit happens. Then he just thinks I have to find that diner and make that fucking phone call, or I'm gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you meet Carlos in the diner.
0: That's that's awesome. How is and then,
1: and, and, what were you gonna say?
0: Nikolai. How is he in this book?
1: Uh, he's insane. <laughs> like more, uh, they portray him more like he's like a almost like a borderline serial killer.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's pretty interesting, actually. Like he, it talks like he's doing what you eventually like learn in the game, which is he's picking off like all these guys. Mm -hmm. So like he can have the proof. They kind of expand on that more in this. It's set up that there's a bunch of these supervisor guys, and then like he figures out if I kill all these supervisor guys, they'll just have to deal with me, Mm -hmm. and that'll make everything I know and all the data I have more valuable. And it goes through, like, this really long process where he just, like, he snipes a guy from a rooftop. He just fucking shoots him. And all this shit. He's just, like, there's a couple times where he just, he's killing guys.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kind of interesting. Um, you know, there's more Jill. Uh, there's no good explanation for <laughs> that's That's one of probably the weaker parts of, of the writing is, like, <laughs> they, she has to try to explain why Jill's wearing what she's wearing. And it's just not. it's like for freedom of movement and i'm like it's september it's it's almost october women get cold they get cold easier than men
0: so she's still wearing the tube top with that skirt right
1: yep for freedom of movement (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah when you wear when you wear a, a, a dress a kilt uh you feel much freer yeah but i don't know about that man i i just feel like she would be more like jesus i'm so cold i need a coat i'm just because women get cold (laughs) (laughs) you know what
0: what about the guy in the warehouse is he in this book
1: (sighs) for as long as he is in the game okay (laughs) they have their argument and he gets in there and he overacts. (laughs)
0: that's funny
1: um i'm trying to think of like stuff that they do that's a little different um
0: nemesis what about did we get a backstory about him no no he's just straight up a killer killing the stars members pretty much
1: like, like yeah nikolai knows about the nemesis that's kind of it like he, he just knows about it before going in okay uh and it's like okay so he, he knows to avoid it and shit and like he's able to evade it because he just knows about it all right um, that's kind of it, it's just hitting the beats of the game. Um, it doesn't do that much that's different, really. Uh, oh, uh, of,
0: Jill Valentine slap Carlos?
1: I think so. I think she did. <laughs> it's an iconic moment. Yep. <laughs> um, that one's pretty good, too. Uh, it, it holds up. Uh, then she adapts Code Veronica and that's where it starts getting iffy. And part of this is because I think she stopped playing the games here. I think she cheated when she was doing Code Veronica because some things weren't adding up and it seemed like she was jumping around a lot.
0: Do you think, sorry to interrupt, but do you think I get it? She's a sci-fi writer, but do you think she kind of lost interest a little bit? Because all the other games have an interesting uh, dynamic. Well, like, obviously, everything's engineered uh, to be like, oh, we're building this nemesis we're building this tyrant. This is what happened to people with zombies and, and frogs and all and rats and all that stuff. Uh, and then you get to Code Veronica, and your paranormal gets into it a little bit.
1: It's weird. It's just, to me, it's not set up as strong. It feels really weird compared to the other games. Mm-hmm. Cause they're set in like this, this is a contemporary kind of with, with the exception of Reds Evil one, I guess, which is just like a weird location. Yeah. But it's like, it's granted in like, this is a sci-fi horror thing that you plot that you eventually uncover. Uh, I guess maybe they're trying to do that again in Code Veronica, but it just didn't work as well. Okay. We've been over that. We've done our Code Veronica video thing and, uh, we were both like this is weird and it's weird because of these reasons so if you want to know why that it's weird go back and check that one out (laughs) (laughs) you know um but i think when she did this one i think she was going off of a strategy guide it just it comes off that way because there's just a lot of times where she's skipping around Mm -hmm. I, i feel like she's skipping parts and I don't know. Do you have it yet? Do you have the book in your possession?
0: No, I'm actually going to be buying the books, like the whole set pretty much soon.
1: It's the shortest one. Oh, really? That's another, that's another reason why I feel like she's, she skipped around. It's the <laughs> smallest book.
0: You know what I find funny about Code Veronica as a game? is like what? It's probably one of the hardest of the rest, right? It is
1: because of weird reasons,
0: yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I feel like she did, based off of what you're saying to me, it it, it sounded like, one, she probably, the plot was kind of confusing to her. Two, um, probably playing this game is like, fuck, I I don't want to get through it. And then she probably read the strategy guide and just winged it pretty much.
1: That was definitely the impression I got reading it again recently. Like, I mm-hmm. just like, it, this is what she did. And it suffers for that a little bit. And it also suffers because it's an adaptation of Code Veronica. Now, there could have been an opportunity to fix some things.
0: Was Steve annoying? Just like the game?
1: He's still annoying, but he's, like, not as insufferable. Like, huh. you know.
0: I'm Canadian.
1: <laughs> it, yeah, that doesn't come across because now you can just, But in your head, it's always going to be that voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's what we were exposed to.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um, like there's more stuff with Alfred. That's kind of interesting. And it's, he's a total nutcase in the book and that's kind of entertaining a little bit. Okay. Um, there's more stuff with Wesker. There's more stuff with Chris and Leon. Actually, there's a scene where Leon tells, remember when she's like, I can send an email to Leon and, and he, he can get Chris for me. It basically is that scene.
0: Oh god, okay, all right.
1: So, like Leon's like, Oh, Chris, I found Claire, blah blah blah, and they have there's like a whole chapter where they're just talking to each other.
0: <laughs> well that's why I asked you in the other book, to like, do they kind of lead off why Claire is there?
1: No, it kinda of just says like she gets a tip somehow or something, and she finds out Chris went to Europe, so she kind of breaks off from the group to go to Europe to find him and just ends up at that facility because it was a lead, mm-hmm. and then that's what what happens happens.
0: Our boy um, Chris is starting to fucking eat those steroids. He's uh, he's getting ready. He's getting pumped. He's probably reading about it before he gets pumped.
1: He was just about to start, but he had to stop because <laughs> he had to get. He had to find his sister.
0: Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but. It, k- this game is executed weirdly and the plot's strange and the writing is weird and somebody going off of a strategy guide to try to fill in blanks mm-hmm. without playing the whole game and maybe understanding, like, whoa, this game has some problems with the writing. <laughs> like, maybe we need to make some adjustments. She did that a little bit, not enough. That's why I'm still kind of like, man, I hope they remake Coveronga. That game needs it. Yeah. <laughs> It needs it. Like if they never did a remake of Resident Evil Three, I wouldn't be too fucking mad.
0: I kind of it's it's good. Like I kind I kind of want them to fix the like, and what I mean fix is like get the paranormal act. I'm almost saying like activity, but the paranormal stuff in in that game that that threw me off a little bit in that game because it's just like you're coming from all these mutations to. I guess they're testing magic, <laughs> like uh, uh, we're about to get to the bug zero hour, which is pretty much Resident Evil Zero, um, and I, I I thought that game as well, being like these <laughs> this guy who's on the hill singing and shit, and leeches coming around. That that stuff starts to like sail away from what Resident Evil b- became popular about. Uh, yeah. And weird. But then again, that's Japanese people <laughs> when it comes to, you know, making games and movies and TV shows.
1: And see, here's the thing now, though, is because of Resident Evil seven, people are going to say, oh, we'll lose paranormal shit in seven. But the thing is, it isn't really. Mm-hmm. And when you learn what the, the game tells you, everything you need to know about what's really going on. Yeah, it's not. There's no paranormal shit. The only thing you could argue might be paranormal is that moment when uh fucking uh Ethan is he has that weird vision where he's talking to Jack and shit after they're dead and like you know when he, he goes unconscious before he wakes up at that weird fucking area where there's the boat?
0: <laughs> yeah, where the da- where the dad's like,
1: yeah, we met her and like she was a nice little kid and then all
0: of a sudden she fucking just killed us.
1: How did that happen? There's not like that. like how. What did he go to the afterlife briefly and he met with Jack and they had that conversation and then he came back the out, out the other side?
0: Maybe. I uh, think I think they're, <laughs> they're kind of like putting that in there. Um, but it's the
1: most implausible part of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this kind of goes off of like, like remember I was disappointed by Resident Evil 8 be like, oh, a fucking werewolves and shit and all these like paranormal shit that's flying around in the house.
1: And then you uh, saw the fucking trailer and it was like, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and, like, they talk about a parasite and shit. Like, when you have a parasite that's doing that, and then you have, like, in Resident Evil 7, where this mold thing uh, from that little girl is doing all this stuff, like, y- y- you understand because without that thing, then this thing wouldn't happen. In, mm. in Code Veronica, just like, Oh, this person who is pretty much schizo or, you know, loves his sister and it's weird. Um, and, and there's like this witch thing. And then all of a sudden, Wesker is like Neo from fucking Matrix out of nowhere. Uh, well,
1: he's enhanced by his the virus thing. Mm-hmm. To me, that always came off like this is what the virus was supposed to do. Like, all this other shit with side effects. Like, there wasn't supposed to be zombies. Yeah. That was something that they didn't know was going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm. That was like
1: a byproduct of a leak. Um, but, like, that that's always what they were trying to do. It, he, that's his result. Which I think we actually talked about that in the review of the game. Mm-hmm. But, um, the thing with Alexia is, we're going on this big tangent, but it's re- still related to what we're talking about. Because she doesn't do a good job of, She basically just goes with what they did in the game for her, too. Mm -hmm. Um, She's like, oh, she injects the virus bullshit into herself. Alexia does and goes fucking stasis sleep for 15 years or whatever the fuck. (laughs) And then she she comes back out of it. And then all of a sudden she can control and grow tentacles over really long distances like miles. And she has pyrokinesis. Yeah. And if you don't know what that is, that's being able to control fire with your mind. (laughs) And it's because the virus. I'm like, no, that's not. God damn it. (laughs) That's magic.
0: I mutant,
1: I I guess. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I feel like code Veronica. um, Was probably a different game. Kind of, kind of like, what if you ever watched the cloverfield movies like they just take other stories and they just say like this is happening in the cloverfield universe that's how i felt like how code veronica and they're just like all right we're going to put claire there we're going to put chris redfield and wesker and there you go there's another game
1: yeah yeah uh, but that that's kind of all i'm really willing to say about that one is mm-hmm. She jumps around obviously writes out, off of what she finds out in a strategy guide and doesn't improve much, and that's unfortunate because mm-hmm. it could have yeah. used some improvement. <laughs> um, then you get to Zero Hour. This is what's weird to me is the release dates for these books, the copyright dates, kind of coincide with, okay, this came out like a year after the game came out Yeah, is how it follows. And after Code Veronica, which was like 2001, <laughs> Resident Evil Zero came out a year later after that book. <laughs> and we have like a four-year gap or some shit between the next book like in that game. It, I remember that. It was like, okay, Resident Evil Zero comes out in 2002. And I was like, man, I can't wait to read the adaptation for this one. I remember thinking that. -hmm. And I waited for three years to get it. (laughs) I was like, why did this take so long? What the fuck? Like, did they. And I was like, whatever, it's it's here. I'm going to read it. And it was boring. (laughs) I hate to say that because, you know, maybe it'll make you less enthusiastic about wanting to read it, but it suffers because it's an adaptation of Resident Evil Zero.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, that, that game. Like, when it first came out, I was like, wow, you know, we're going back to its roots, you know what I mean? Uh, Back to the mansion, uh, or or around the mansion area. Uh, And we get the player to Rebecca, and this is going to be cool, and you're going to be with this guy named Billy. That's going to be cool, right? And then, frustration.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, she does expand on billy some Mm. and that's cool the big problem with this book though is the lack of characters
0: is it just Uh, billy and rebecca it's
1: just billy and rebecca mostly and sometimes it jumps over to wesker or marcus or birkin with trent very brief very briefly trent (sighs) no i i think he's just at a scene at the end of the book if i remember right
0: Even Trent doesn't like the book.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he he says shows up in the end to be like I'm Trent or something. (laughs) But um, and I'm not saying you can't write a book with like very little characters or one character because that's not true. I've read a book that has one character in it. It's called Hatchet. (laughs) (laughs) It's just about that kid who gets stranded out in the woods. He has to fucking survive, and that was like some of the best shit I ever read in my life. Honestly.
0: I, I think we're seeing a trend because pretty much the last two books is you said is not not great. And to, to me,
1: it kind of nose dives in quality at Cove Rock. It starts going, brrr, and then like this one's like brrr down in here. Like
0: maybe she just got burnt out by with the deadlines that she was working with. Maybe.
1: Well, in her interviews, it, like it, she made it pretty obvious. It was like I just do these for money, you know. And she used to play the games, and I think that used to help her kind of stay interested a little bit and mm. life I, in getting older caused her to not be able to play the games as much. And I don't think she even played the game for this one. She probably
0: much. did a strategy
1: guide again or something.
0: Was YouTube app by then? No. Right.
1: No. Cause she was probably writing this in like 2004, mm-hmm. man. If only we could go back to 2004. <laughs> We wouldn't be here doing this right now.
0: It's fucking nineties. I want to go back to the nineties. It would be like t- really
1: shitty, grainy fucking camera or something. <laughs> and the, the the audio would be like, "Hey guys, what's up?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Resident Evil. It's crazy game. All zombies and liquors and pirates and stuff.
1: Do you do you remember how people used to sound like on Xbox Live, like on the original Xbox? Yeah. Or like uh, Counter-Strike. You ever play Counter-Strike? You remember mm. how people would sound... It, that's what we would sound like. <laughs> we, everybody would sound the same somehow. <laughs> but but uh, there's not much I want to say about that one. And then Resident Evil 4 came out, and I was like, oh man, I want to read an adaptation for Resident Evil 4, and that never happened.
0: <laughs> I think we... Need to find an author and just harass him and be like, "Hey, write some uh, Resident Evil uh, books. Do four. Uh,
1: I Yeah, no, you know, because like if we're gonna go by the pattern that's that's cropped up here, maybe mm. she's just done. Maybe she just doesn't want to do it anymore.
0: No, I'm talking about another author. I'm, oh, another like,
1: author? Sure, yeah. I guess. But you know, this gets into something else though, too. A little bit. It's like, would I read a, a novelization of Resident Evil Four? Yeah, I, I guess i kind of like to see how that turns out. I'm just too big of a nerd to, like, not leave it alone. Yeah. But, like, it's sort of like you're talking about, like, oh, man, they're making a Resident Evil. Let's make a movie out of Resident Evil 2. At this point, I would probably just go, why? <laughs> because the remake of Resident Evil 2 is kind of, like, already very cinematic and shit. Why do, why do we need a movie of that? Yeah, it's like the uncharted argument. Every, the, Hollywood is obsessed with making an uncharted movie when it's already very much like a movie, and that's what people talk about and bring up about it so much. Is like it feels like I'm playing a movie.
0: But Tom Holland's gonna be in it. Whoa, Spider Man!
1: <laughs> I don't care if that feels like so miscast to me. Like, does that not feel off to you? Uh,
0: they had the a Tom, chance the,
1: that th- Tom Holland is Nathan Drake.
0: They had a chance about fifteen years ago. To use Nathan Fillion as fucking um, Nathan Drake. And I think he's the great Nathan Drake, uh, a.k.a. Nathan Fillion. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know. I What I will say is the cosplay. <laughs> I'm going to call it the cosplay. He, he looks like a good young Nathan Drake. Uh, Tom Holland's a good actor. Uh but I don't know. They have Mark Wahlberg silly. being fucking Sully, which is weird.
1: That is weird. Mm-hmm. He's not that old yet.
0: I it's a it's a young story, I think. I think they're doing like a prequel kind of thing before the games.
1: Oh, okay, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Tangent, but uh sort of. I mean, we're we just talking about movie game adaptations. This is about game adaptations to something. Well,
0: I mean, I was bringing it up in the in the beginning. Is they're starting to show things about the live action that they're doing, uh, the the reboot of Resident Evil movies, because Paul W.S. Andrews had fucking ruined uh, the franchise and he's about to ruin fucking Monster Hunter now. Um,
1: is there anything to ruin in Monster Hunter?
0: Monster Hunter is cool. But I mean, it does was- it have
1: like a plot, though?
0: I think there's lore. I just don't really care about the lore. I just want to kill big monsters. Because I was
1: I, kind of under the impression that Monster Hunter did not really have a plot.
0: You know how people are weird. Like, they have to have... I guess.
1: Their- like, I, like, I'm not saying it doesn't. That's just Like I said, that's an impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was always the big thing up with Resident Evil. Is like, Resident Evil actually had a plot and characters and shit. And people wanted to see those characters. Because back in those days, when those games were new... You were limited on what you could do. Well, I don't so, know.
0: If you, I, I don't know if you saw the trailer for Monster Hunter, but it's this army people that get sucked into like a wormhole and end up in being this Monster Hunter world. What? Yeah, it's weird because they, the <laughs> they have a hum. They have a Humvee and fucking guns and shit. So
1: it's, what?
0: It's Paul W. Anderson could go suck a dick. I don't even
1: like Monster Hunter and I'm like I'm offended by that
0: (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know I I I'm starting to have a little hope I'm not too much hope yet with the 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 reboot that they're doing because I think the reboot's finally gonna hit the game uh pretty well
1: yeah after I found out like okay we're gonna do the game plot I'm like Okay, like I I'm, I'm kind of trying to make a case for maybe we don't need to try to do that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. But for that that game, yeah, I think I want to see that, you know. Yeah. I still say like what I would want is a a series that is like, you know, the build up to the mansion incident. And oh my god, the mansion incident.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then so on and so forth, you know. I think it would better serve as a series than a movie.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean, what else? What do you want? Do you want to see more books for Resident Evil? Um, do you want to see originals of Resident Evil? Meaning like how Underworld and um, uh, Col- I forgot the Rebecca one already. Calvin Ove, Cove. Calvin Cove. Do you want to see more of that? But not in a game format, but like in a, a book format
1: in the book um i don't know now uh because more games nowadays seem to try to have a plot than what they used to Mm -hmm. um despite what some people even say about the old games compared to now it's you you can't deny they try to have more plot heavy shit Mm -hmm. um Yeah, it would depend like I'd have to see somebody do a trial run on an established game like I'll do a novelization of four and we'll see how that goes because that's one of the most popular games. So that sounds like a surefire bet for like, we'll see how this guy does. He's doing not he's doing an adaptation of four people fucking love that game.
0: Maybe I should write a, uh, you know, the Resident Evil four book and like pitch it to Capcom. I mean, they'll probably like throw money at me.
1: <laughs> but I, I was going to say, I don't think you could do original content anymore without their approval mm-hmm. because now they're a lot more hands-on about what comes out and what's, what's official and what's Canon and what isn't. Yeah. So like a lot of those, uh, you know, like those CG movies, I think are Canon and, the manga, do you know about the Resident Evil mangas?
0: Yeah, I got some of them.
1: Not, not the manhuas, that's something else. Like, I don't know if you know about those or not.
0: I know but about that, but I, I do got the manga.
1: I have a manhwa. I have the one for uh, Code Veronica, actually. Or, or one of them. Like, it, that was so weird that I was able to find that, and looking back on it now. <laughs> I bought that at Borders, when Borders still existed. Um, I guess I'm dating myself. (laughs) But like, (laughs) we used to have this thing called a bookstore. (laughs) Now it's
0: Barnes and Nobles.
1: Yeah, or Books a Million. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I found that in Borders, like in 2002 or something. And it was translated in English. And I was like, like, I just thought, oh, is this like a manga? It's weird, though, because it's tall. It's almost like a comic book format. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was like, it looks like manga. It's just in color. And it's left to right instead of right to left. Uh it was like, I guess it is. I guess it's just this, this is like Americanized manga. Like they they westernized it, is what I thought. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case at all. There's like these there were essentially, I think, Taiwanese or like Hong Kong comic book adaptations of Resident Evil, and there's a lot of them. There's original stuff and there's adaptations for the games. Some people really like them. Uh, There's, there's like, things that happen in them that are pretty interesting.
0: I gotta check that out.
1: Like, there's one where, like, I know about this because there's, like, a channel I sort of vaguely follow that's Resident Evil related where this guy reviews them, kind of. And uh, he talks about how Jill has, like, this nightmare in Resident Evil 3, in the Resident Evil 3 one, where she's, like, back in the mansion and, like, this crazy shit happens to her. And it's actually kind of a cool sequence. Um,
0: That's interesting.
1: And there, there was, like, speculation. is like, will they do this in the Resident Evil 3 remake? And I'm like, that'd be kind of cool, actually, if there was, like, a moment. Like, you know, when she gets infected and just fucking passes out? Mm-hmm. Maybe she could, she would have a fever dream, and it would be like she's back in the mansion or some shit. You play that a little bit. Well, I thought
0: that's cool. what they were going to do, like DLC-wise. Like, you could add something there.
1: Yeah, that was wild speculation, and the people that knew about that thing in <laughs> the manhua, I think, fueled it more than anything. Mm. Um, but the manga, I was the point I was trying to make was a lot of those mangas are like canon. So it's like now they they try to be more hands on about stuff like that than they used to,
0: yeah, the manga, I think is where they come up with like the backstory of nemesis, like who is nemesis pretty
1: much like, they nemesis. also they also explain a lot of the backstory for like the um the b s a a that's what I was trying to think of, yeah. There's like a lot more stories that have to do with BSAA people and like what was Claire doing all this time because she kind of just fucks off for the rest of the plot after <laughs> after Kovar <laughs> because she just stops showing up. Pretty much. Uh, so there's more stories with her doing stuff and other things. All
0: right. I mean, I don't know what else to talk about unless you have some notes that you want to hit up. No. No well that's it. we did it we we did it less time than the actual wrestling talk which is kind of weird
1: we went longer than what i thought we would on this honestly oh really yeah i thought we would probably do talk about this in an hour Nope.
0: Nope. <laughs> anything <laughs> that like we do anything that we like we always like end up doing like an hour and a half to two hours or even more uh so I think that's where we're ending, guys. Uh, the next thing on the list that we're going to have to hit up is Resident Evil 6. I think that's the next big game that we're going to need to finish and talk about. Uh, and then we have to get through the Revelation games and then Resident Evil 7. Uh, and then I know Zach wants to talk about some uh, oddball games like uh, Umbrella Chronicles, uh we did we talk about Deadly Silence? Did we want to get that and in, and in Gaiden pretty much?
1: Uh yeah later. I have to get a copy of Gaiden first. Okay. But um, cause I'm weird like that. But uh yeah, I was gonna like do uh I was gonna like get footage for Dark Side Chronicles and Umbrella Chronicles, and we're probably gonna talk about it a little bit. There's not much to say probably about Umbrella Chronicles. Mm-hmm. But there's more original content and stuff in dark side chronicles i think
0: dark side chronicles is on ps3 right
1: yeah i think they were both they both got ported to ps3 actually
0: cool i have a ps3 now so i could just get that and play it um yeah we got the revelation games we need to get through resident evil 7 and then obviously when resident evil 8 comes out we're gonna have to talk about that as well
1: uh primarily we gotta do six so.
0: Yeah, six is the next big thing that we need to get through. Uh, but that's where we'll end the Nemesis Project. Uh, of us talking about the books. Uh, if you want to catch more of the Nemesis Project, getting some color, which that's going to be next week, everybody. Um, if you are a getting some color fan with me and Zach, uh, that's going to be next week. We're going to be doing what is it? February. <laughs> it's the second week of February, nineteen ninety-three, pretty much. That's right, brothers. Yeah. Um and if you like movies we are doing Roger Moore James Bond uh and more bond more bond <laughs> uh and uh, that's big trouble little podcast if you type in nerd of you network on Apple podcast Spotify Stitcher Google podcast and Red Circle you'll find all of those podcasts but until next time everybody um we don't have a sign up for this one so i guess uh be evil I don't know.
1: Itchy
0: tasty. <laughs> Itchy tasty. Bye, guys.